Hello, everyone, and welcome to the December 7th edition of WarComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with Floyd's Karen and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation news. A WCAB panel has limited the use of the MPN second and third opinion process to resolve medical disputes. Here's what happened in the case of Bautista versus Arlen Graphics. Edward Bautista injured his ribs, pulmonary system, lumbar spine, and right ankle at Arlen Graphics in 2014. He also claimed industrial injury to his psyche and a sleep disorder. He selected an orthopedist as his PTP from within the employer's MPN. He told the PTP he had anxiety, but he, the PTP failed to diagnose anxiety or refer him for an opinion on the issue of psychological treatment. Bautista then attempted to utilize the MPN second and third opinion process to obtain a second opinion from a psychologist about his anxiety. But the work comp judge found that use of the second and third opinion process in this case was not appropriate. And Bautista was ordered to return to his PTP and ask him to specifically comment on the need for psychological treatment. Bautista petitioned for reconsideration or removal, contending that the labor code and rules entitle him to obtain a second opinion from a psychologist he selected in the medical provider network. But reconsideration or removal was denied in a split panel decision. The panel majority ruled that an applicant has a right to obtain a second opinion physician in the MPN if he disputes either the diagnosis or the treatment prescribed by the treating physician. In this situation, it is necessary to first obtain a diagnosis from the treating physician before there can be a basis to exercise the right to obtain a second opinion. But Commissioner Sweeney wrote a dissenting opinion stating that applicant has an absolute right to obtain a second opinion from an MPN physician to properly evaluate his psychiatric condition. And now our crime report. Philip Sobol, MD, has pled guilty in his federal criminal case and agreed to pay $5.2 million in restitution to the victims. He pled guilty to conspiracy and interstate travel in aid of a racketeering enterprise. He also agreed to cooperate fully with federal and state authorities. In exchange, prosecutors agreed to recommend a reduction in the applicable sentence guidelines. The total maximum sentence for all offenses is 10 years imprisonment, a three-year period of supervised release, a fine of $500,000 or twice the gross gain or loss resulting from the offenses, whichever is greatest. Sobol also admitted to receiving kickbacks for the referral of patients to the Pacific Hospital of Long Beach for surgical services paid primarily through the workers' compensation system. Sobal either performed the surgeries himself or referred them to other surgeons with specific instructions to those surgeons to perform the surgeries only at Pacific Hospital as a condition of receiving the referrals. Also, Mitchell Cohen, MD, has admitted receiving kickbacks in his plea agreement filed in federal court. He is a board-certified orthopedic surgeon residing in Irvine, 
who performed spinal surgeries also at Pacific Hospital of Long Beach. He controlled two corporate bank accounts under the names of Spine Care Center and Mitchell G. Cohen, MD, Incorporated. He pled guilty to a single count which charges him of subscribing to a false tax return. In exchange, the prosecutor agreed to recommend a two-level reduction in the applicable sentence guidelines. The statutory maximum sentence is three years in prison, one year of supervised release, and a fine of $100,000. As part of the plea agreement, Cohen agreed to a statement of facts where he admits he accepted illegal kickback payments from Michael Drabat and a marketer in exchange for performing spine surgeries at the Pacific Hospital of Long Beach. He tried to hide these kickbacks using a number of schemes. First, a research product development and training agreement with Drabat where he purported to provide consulting services in exchange for a monthly payment of $25,000. Cohen, however, provided few legitimate consulting services. Instead, the payments were purely kickbacks for spinal surgeries. In addition, Cohen entered into an outsourced collections agreement with Pacific Hospital. Cohen was supposed to assist Pacific Hospital in collecting its fees for spinal surgeries from insurance carriers. In return, Pacific Hospital would pay Cohen 15% of the total amount collected. But in reality, the collection was done by Pacific Hospital staff without assistance from Dr. Cohen. He was paid $5,000 to $15,000 in kickbacks for every spinal fusion surgery performed at the Pacific Hospital. In total, Cohen received over $1.5 million in illegal kickback payments. Then, he deposited the kickback payments primarily into his Spine Care Center bank account. But, Spine Care Center had no legitimate business purpose other than acting as the recipient entity. For several years, Cohen caused Spine Care Center to file tax returns claiming the illegal kickback payments as gross receipts of the Spine Care Center. But at the time, Cohen knew that the kickback payments were not gross receipts of Spine Care Center and instead should have been reported as individual income on his personal individual income tax return. Had he properly reported this income, he would have paid more than $400,000 in additional individual income tax. So, as part of the plea agreement, Cohen agreed to cooperate fully with authorities. It is likely he will now be a government informant, providing information leading to yet arrests of more of his colleagues. A Newport Beach man was arraigned in Orange County on charges of tax evasion and insurance fraud for failing to report over $5.6 million in payroll and failing to pay over $384,000 in taxes. 50-year-old Darren Sean Wilson is charged with 15 felony counts of misrepresenting facts to the State Compensation Insurance Fund five felony counts of misrepresenting facts to a workers' compensation insurance company, 20 felony counts of failing to file a tax return with the intent to evade tax, 20 felony counts of willful failure to pay tax, and a sentencing enhancement for white-collar crime. 
He is out of custody on a $500,000 bail bond. Wilson is the sole principal of American Blacktop Incorporated, DBA Seal It, an asphalt and paving company, and the Maverick Company, a property management company. The insurance fraud came to light when a claim was submitted to the state fund from an injured worker. Wilson is accused of disputing the claim, stating that the worker was employed by a painting company subcontractor at the time of the injury. But the state fund investigation determined that the painting company subcontractor was unlicensed and uninsured. In construction, to be a subcontractor, one must hold a valid contractor state license and must have a workers' compensation insurance policy for its employees. Without a valid license and insurance, the subcontractors would be in fact employees of the employing company, thus in this case, Maverick Company. Wilson was required to disclose all payroll to the insurance companies in order to determine the premium for his policy. And he is accused of hiring numerous unlicensed and uninsured workers asserting they were subcontractors in an attempt to avoid paying premiums. And in regulatory news, the DWC has posted a revised Supplemental Job Displacement Benefit Voucher form on its website. The Return to Work Supplement Program makes payments to workers whose permanent disability benefits are disproportionately low in comparison to their earnings losses. To be eligible for the fund, an applicant must have a date of injury after 2013 and have received a supplemental job displacement benefit voucher. The new voucher tells the work, uh, worker that he may be eligible for a return-to-work supplement and must apply within one year from the date the voucher was served on him. Claims administrators must use the updated form and no longer need to attach a cover sheet with the same information to the vouchers when they are issued to injured workers. And in regulatory news, also Cal OSHA cited Kaiser Foundation hospitals for almost $150,000 for exposing workers to used needles at the hospital's collection box for biomedical waste. At least three custodial employees have been stuck by needles while attempting to empty the deposit box, which frequently overflowed. The first injury occurred in 2013 and the other two this year. Cal OSHA cited Kaiser for five workplace safety violations of the Bloodborne Pathogens Standard. This standard requires employers to protect workers from coming into contact with blood or other disease-carrying bodily fluids. Two of the violations issued to Kaiser are classified as willful and serious. Cal OSHA claimed the evidence showed that the employer was aware that an unsafe or hazardous condition existed and made no reasonable effort to eliminate the condition. The investigation was started in June after receiving a complaint. Kaiser members deposited their used needles through a hinged slot in the metal box which resembles a postal mailbox. The needles fall into an inner plastic disposal box to contain biomedical waste. Employees then transferred the contents into a larger disposal container for collection by Kaiser's waste hauling contractor. 
Cal OSHA investigators learned that employees were instructed to clean the box using a broom and dustpan. When those tools proved inadequate, employees had to reach into the box even though needles were often deposited without a protective cap. Kaiser replaced the box with two larger disposal units following Cal OSHA's inspection and now requires that they be monitored every 30 minutes. An organization working to create workers' compensation opt-out programs in various states says it welcomes an investigation by the National Conference of Insurance Legislators into alternative workers' comp systems. The organization has worked with legislatures in Tennessee and South Carolina to draft workers' compensation opt-out legislation this year. Those bills are partly based on similar workers' comp programs in Texas, which allows employers to opt out of buying workers' comp insurance for more than the last 100 years. And Oklahoma, which passed opt-out legislation in 2013. And Tennessee legislators are gearing up to reintroduce workers' comp opt-out legislation in 2016 after an earlier proposal failed to move forward. But now, the Workers' Compensation Insurance Committee voted at its annual meeting last month to investigate the proliferation of these opt-out programs. The decision was based on reports by National Public Radio and ProPublica Incorporated that criticized programs allowing employers to opt out of state workers' comp systems. However, the committee says it has taken no position on these unique programs yet. But... The chairman says the committee would be remiss if it did not look at the issue further. And in medical news, a new study claims that burnout among U.S. doctors is becoming more common and now affects more than half of practicing physicians. Researchers report in the Mayo Clinic Proceedings that about 54% of U.S. doctors experienced at least one symptom of burnout in 2014, compared to about only 46% of doctors in 2011. Overall, the researchers found that doctors are about twice as likely to experience burnout as the average U.S. worker. And the lead author says that things are unfortunately getting worse for physicians. Through a partnership with the American Medical Association, the researchers invited nearly 36,000 doctors to take a survey in 2014 and compared the responses to a similar surgery from 2011. Of the 6,880 doctors who responded, about 47% reported high emotional exhaustion. About 35% felt depersonalized or saw less value in their work and about 16% felt a low level of personal accomplishment. Burnout rates varied between specialties, with rates topping 60% among doctors in emergency medicine, family medicine, urology, rehabilitation, and radiology. Only 41% of all doctors said they were satisfied with the balance between their work and personal lives. This is down from about 49% in 2011. There seems to be three main psychological issues in the workplace that likely undermine doctors' well-being. Loss of autonomy, 
mental exhaustion, and asymmetrical rewards, meaning that success is barely acknowledged while mistakes come with heavy punishments. Doctors also have heavier workloads and increased clerical responsibilities as examples of potential frustrations. 75% of doctors now work for large healthcare organizations, and meaningful progress toward turning around burnout rates will require work by doctors and their organizations. The CEO of United Healthcare said he regretted the decision to enter the Obamacare marketplace last year. The company says it will suffer millions of dollars in losses. United Health is the country's largest insurer. It announced that it would no longer advertise its Obamacare plans over the next year and may pull out completely in 2016. The move sent shockwaves across the healthcare industry. The United Healthcare CEO says that Obamacare exchanges remain weaker than expected after two years and that it will take far longer for insurers to profit from the millions of new enrollees. United Health only began selling plans on the exchanges last year. Now, company officials have said that move will result in a half billion dollars in losses over two years. However, none of the other major health insurers have sounded nearly as gloomy. Anthem recently stated in an SEC filing that it expects to hit earnings targets for 2015. Molina Healthcare officials said that the Obamacare exchanges have proven to be a profitable line of business and found United Health's dilemma a little puzzling. And that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and our special reports using your iPhone, iPad, iPod, or Android device by searching for the WorkCop Academy with your podcast software. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for more news.